Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that enables CSMs to manage customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hare, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of The Success League. I've been a sales, marketing, and customer success executive, and my career has primarily focused on early and growth stage tech companies. Today, we're going to be talking to Jack Phillips, who is the VP of Customer Success, and Victorina McAdam, the Manager of Implementation Services from Presence Learning. They will be sharing how they have been refining Presence Learning's onboarding process and the best practices they have put in place. Jack and Victorina, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Presence Learning? Sure. As Kristen said, I'm the VP of Customer Success at Presence Learning. I have a very similar background to Kristen, having led sales, professional services, and customer success organizations in both technology and consulting services in enterprise and startup environments. I joined Presence Learning in June of this year to build up the customer success and implementation teams to support our nationwide expansion. Cool. And how about you, Victorina? Hi, I'm the manager of implementation services at Presence Learning, and my background is mostly in large matrix organizations within technology. So I bring a lot of experience to the startup world, and I have managed large virtual teams um, and have had large travel territories. Oh, cool. And I joined in September of this year to manage the implementation team and help with the onboarding process. So in the past, have most of your teams kind of been U.S.-based, or have they been global as well? No, just U.S.-based. U.S.-based. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Well, I was hoping, Jack, that you might be able to tell our listeners a little bit more about Presence Learning and what the mission of the company is. I would love to do so. Presence Learning is a professional services marketplace with a focus on providing special education services to students in elementary and secondary educational institutions. Oh, very cool. Yeah, we do that um, through a proprietary platform that we've developed and we work face-to-face with students via a secure online video session and we leverage a vast library of therapy activities and and incorporate monitoring and progress tools um, so that we can report on the progress those special education students are making. Oh great. Yeah we've actually delivered more than a million sessions of teletherapy to students across the U.S. Um, today. That is a lot of sessions. Is that since the company started? It is. Yeah. We started uh, about seven years ago. Okay. That's amazing. And have grown substantially. Cool. Well, I wanted to kind of um, talk to you today about um, onboarding because that's a topic that is um, something that I hear from a lot of my clients um, that they're curious about. It's an area that a lot of companies are trying to figure out and streamline. And um, I know that you guys have been going through that process. And so, um, 
I wanted to just kind of, as we're getting into this topic, go a little bit into um, some of the background from when you joined the company. Since you both joined fairly recently, I think you probably have a pretty good perspective on, you know, kind of the situation of where things were when you landed at Presence Learning. So maybe Jack, what was going on with the client base when, when you first got here? Yeah, so as I mentioned, our customers are primary and secondary educational institutions, and I joined at the end of last school year. So things seemed like they were running smoothly when I started in June. Um, and then we started planning for the beginning of the coming school year, oh. and uh, things started to escalate pretty significantly. Um, last year, the company was having challenges with managing growth and retention of the existing client base and really looked to um, scale the customer success organization because they wanted to focus on improving the client experience with both onboarding, their ongoing service and support, um, obviously expanding and ultimately renewing those client engagements. Okay. And so what made you make the decision to bring Victorina on board? Well, we had, uh, the company had decided prior to my joining that it was time to start expanding the role of the implementation services team. And those folks are really responsible for helping stand up a new client, both from a technology perspective as well as aligning all the resources to support the caseload for the children in the schools. Um, and we were also moving to a regional pod model. So we wanted to add um, additional resources to that team to support the pods that we're building around geographies throughout the U.S. Tell me briefly a little bit about pods. So what do pods look like? Because I, I hear that from a lot of different companies that they're setting up a pod structure. What does that look like for Presence Learning? Yeah, so for us, the pod structure is a cross-functional team that is focused on a specific geography. Okay. So in our case, it's sales, implementation, customer success, our clinical resources, and our um, recruiters that are recruiting those clinical resources. And they really focus on a geography, anticipating business coming into the pipeline and making sure that we've got the resources to support that business. Okay. So then, um, Victorina, when you joined the Presence Learning team, uh, what were the main issues that you saw right away that you knew you'd need to tackle? Yeah, so I joined at the busiest time of the education <laughs> cycle. Of course. Um, yeah. So it, it was kind of like um, Christmas for the retail industry. It was oh, yeah. so busy. And I just knew I needed to learn and understand the business first and foremost. And um, the customers, their schools. So I needed to understand just what their needs were. And I just joined many sales calls, kickoff calls team calls as you know as I could to mm -hmm. try to ramp up and and even understand the pod structure and okay. how teammates work together yeah. in that structure and 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 you know getting up to speed on on just the acronyms there's a lot of acronyms in this business yeah so it sounds like you kind of just got thrown right into the fire yes okay <laughs> so. I just kind of just sat back yeah <laughs> Okay, so I know when you start as a new leader, it can be a challenge for you as a leader, and then it can also be a little bit of a scary time potentially for your team that you're taking on. Um, Victorina, what, it, what um, was the first thing that you did uh, to kind of make sure that the team was um, comfortable with you and that they weren't afraid that you were going to come in and change everything and yeah. without you know talking to them? No, so that's how did you tackle that? So one of the first things I did prior to coming to Presence Learning is I read some blogs and listened to some podcasts. And Was there a particular podcast that you liked? 
Yeah, I like Paychecks and Balances. Okay. What what is that one about? That one it's really geared towards the millennials. Okay. And the two gentlemen that run that podcast, one is based on the East Coast and one's based on the West Coast. Okay. And they talk about jobs, they talk about finances, they talk pretty much everything in between. Okay. Cool. Give a lot so of you advice. listen to that one. Listen okay. to that one. Okay. And I really just wanted to understand what people's fears would be. And one of the main threads that or themes that I I was coming across was trust. Okay. And to your point about is this new leader going to come in and just change everything? Yeah. So if my team was here in person, because they're all virtual, they're home-based, if they were here, I would have taken them out to coffee and gotten to know them a little bit better. Uh So in the absence of that, what I did was I wrote each one a handwritten note and send them um, a Starbucks card like I would have done. Oh, that's a really great idea. Yeah. Yeah, and then I scheduled a one-on-one with them. Okay. And just asked them about them, like aside from work. Okay. Just, you know, who they are, what makes them tick, what goals and aspirations do they have for themselves, and then, of of course, with work as well. Okay. And in that, what were their challenges? What would they like to see out of their manager? Okay. And from those calls, I tried to find one piece, one nugget where I could help them in their in their position currently. So for example, one of the ladies on my team said she would really like to be able to create reports in Salesforce. Okay. And I thought, oh, that's weird. You should be able to do that. Yeah. So I went over to the Salesforce team here at Presence Learning and they turned on a switch and now my team can create reports. So oh. it was that instant. <laughs> Pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> so instantly just trying to alleviate and, and answer some of their questions and frustrations that I'm hopeful that gained their trust. So you kind of go after the low-hanging fruit first right. and then, okay, and then go on from there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Jack, how about you? Yeah, no, I would just add that for Victorina, the core team that was here, so half of the team had been here about a year prior, and the other half I hired just prior to Victorina starting. Okay. So, but the core team um, had built a very strong relationship with their prior manager. Okay. And so Victorina, for those people, had some very big shoes to fill. Oh, okay. Um, That's always a challenge. Exactly. And again, she started at our busiest time of the year, so even trying to get a few minutes with these folks who are in the throes of implementing hundreds of school sites and districts is really a challenge. So she had to be very creative in building relationships and proving that she could add value to those relationships and to the team. So she did a great job with that. Yeah, it sounds like you had a lot of creative ideas for how to do that. So, um, okay, so you've got your team. They're behind you now because you proved yourself to them. And so... um, one, uh, one of the things that really stands out as you guys are talking is that you guys have a lot of seasonality in your business. And I think that's really different from a lot of the companies that I work with um, in tech that are kind of more year-round type businesses. Since it's primarily school districts, there's got to be um, a lot of challenges around how that works for your organization. So what impact does that have on the success team in general and then specifically on the onboarding process? Yeah, so as you said, there is tremendous seasonality in our business. Um, When I came in um, with the management team, I likened it to what a retailer faces at the holiday season. And that's a I great said, analogy. And I yeah. said, you know, this we really have to approach this like a retailer does, which means it is all hands on deck through school onboarding season. Okay. 
it's not just Victorina's team and my team that can handle the lion's share of this. It is going to take a village to get this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for surprisingly, that seemed um, to be sort of a new concept for some of the leaders in the organization. They hadn't really thought of it that way. Um, so that has, um, you know, we, that's helping us sort of rethink what we're going to be doing next year. But yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but in the near term, uh, the cadence of all of our playbook plays cycle together. Mm -hmm. So we start up all our clients within a six-week period. Mm -hmm. We have to do all of our 30-day review meetings within a six-week period. Yeah. And, you know, and then you start your 60-day contacts while you're still doing your 30-day contacts. And so it's very different from a typical SaaS environment where you right. manage some of that throughout the year. Everything has a very specific cycle and, and requires a lot of effort to just focus on driving through. Yeah, your playbook sounds really different than most of the ones I work on where it's really more around the customer's life cycle, but the customer's life cycle could be starting at any point during the year and right. not just all at one time, you right. know, when school starts. Right, so, and customer yeah. life cycles can be many years long with a variation in nuances and ours uh -huh. really has a definitive start, a definitive end, and then it is renewal time and, you know, we start the whole process over again. Okay, so Victorina, how do you feel like that impacts the onboarding process then? Is it is it kind of the same? It's the same, I yeah. agree with Jack. Uh, you know, my team's overall goal is just to get therapy to start, yeah. right? So it's get the customer rolling. And when you have hundreds and thousands of customers starting at the same time, it could be challenging. Uh, not could be, it is challenging. So I had to ask, because it, it seems like, okay, your team is then really busy at the beginning of every school year. What are they doing in the times that are not the beginning of the school year? <laughs> are they working on other projects for the clients and so they have, they have other things to do? Yeah, so currently we are creating our own implementation specialist playbook. Okay. And they work on special projects and we do have additional sites coming on okay. and implementations in the middle. Oh, so of there year. are that some that come on kind of mid-year then too. Right. It's just like the big bulk. The of big them bulk at the is at beginning the beginning of the school year. Got it. Okay. Yep. Sales in the CSM team continue to cross-sell and upsell. Um, okay. And schools expand as they either lose staff or or see more value in our services. Got it. Yeah, it's an interesting onboarding challenge. I think you know when you've got to try to pack a whole client base worth of onboarding into the beginning of the school year where it's maybe six weeks, it sounds like. Yep, yeah, exactly. wow, okay. Um, so what tools are you using to help with that process? I'm thinking about things like maybe a CRM system or a customer success tool. Um, what, what tools are you using right now and what changes have you maybe made since you came on board to the tools that were in place when you got here? So our business is unique, and so typical tools that uh, customer success professionals would use to measure engagement and those types of customer activities, um, we don't benefit from because our customer, our decision maker, doesn't log into our platform. Oh, okay. Our platform is used to provide services to students. Okay. So um, we run much of our business using typical sales enablement tools, Salesforce okay. obviously being a critical yeah. one. Um, but one of the things that um, you know I am continually on the hunt for is a solution that would help us as a professional services organization better manage how um, we are supporting our clients mm -hmm. and, and where we need to step into the process. Got it. 
That makes um, sense. But our use of Salesforce, you know, we have restructured um, this school year. We've built dashboards that are specific to pods mm -hmm. um, so that we can report and the pods can see how they're doing as relates to the number of students receiving therapy, whether they're um, successfully upselling and cross-selling in criminal services and those types of things. Okay, got it. So then, you know, you've got your tools. Um, it sounds like you've had to make a few changes in processes, Victorina. So um, how have you redesigned the processes that were in place when you joined the group? And what's your approach to that? I think that's something that I get a lot of questions about is how do you, how do you think about changing processes when you join a new team? So what, what have you done? Yeah, it, it can be a challenge, right? So as I mentioned earlier, my team did not have a playbook and we have started actually this month to create our playbook and what I chose to do was something that another team here at, at Presence Learning has done is create like a collaborative approach to the playbook and they're okay. calling it Playbook University. Oh nice. Yeah and what we're doing is there will be somebody who's leading, leading and deciding which plays will either create or update. Okay and we'll have a scribe and we get together and as a team we will decide if we want to update it change it and and just work as a collaborative group so it's not so you're managing then together several playbooks across the organization not several playbooks just oh. for for my oh, team. for your team i got it okay so several cool. plays got it yeah got it okay cool and i think it's, it's a, a great way to do it it gets a lot of input from the whole group yeah it's not the managers coming in and changing everything. Right. It's really getting their buy-in. Yeah, wonderful. So that's kind of the approach that I'm taking. Okay, cool. And I would add that we've learned a lot, um, both Victorina and I, by um, being active participants through this onboarding season. Okay. Um, and uh, again, the company was evolving from the prior year's onboarding, and now what we're doing is um, really an abbreviated Six Sigma analysis process to look at our entire implementation and onboarding um, processes, um, identify where, we, so we're documenting the existing process, identifying mm -hmm. where we have gaps, and really building a future desired state um, that's going to allow us to streamline, take some cost out of implementation, and ideally be a much better customer experience. Yeah, so next year you're going to knock it out of the park. It's going to be amazing. We expect to. <laughs> You'll also be really mentally and emotionally prepared yes. for next year. I will be energized for school start next year. In <laughs> That's a way great. I was not this year. No, I think um, I think both of you. It sounds like kind of started at challenging the most challenging time of the year. So I mean, in some ways, that's great because you learn a lot and then. You're better prepared for the next year, but it sounds like you've made a lot of great changes. So to kind of wrap things up for the listeners, let's say there's somebody listening and they're in a similar situation. They're trying to figure out how to, to build um, an onboarding process or implementation process for their new team. What is the one big thing that you would recommend that they do first? I would agree with Jack. Jack mentioned a little earlier that what we did was we mapped out what the current onboarding process looked like. Okay. And looked for the gaps, see areas where we had too many dedicated resources, where we can cut some things and reallocate resources. Um, I think that was the biggest eye-opening process for me. Okay. That's great. How about you, Jack? 
Yeah, for me, we've had so much growth over the, the past year that there weren't a lot of people to um, sort of lean on and help yeah. me understand what that onboarding season and implementation process was going to look like. So we had some sort of guides to how we should be doing that. Okay. Um, but we learned a lot and we made a lot of changes on the fly, which is you know really why just post onboarding and implementation season, we are now digging in to figure out what are our lessons mm -hmm. learned and what do we want to take from that. So I think, you know, a couple things, if, if you can leverage any tribal knowledge, if there's yeah. no documentation, definitely do that. Um, it would be great if you've got the luxury to um, interview customers to understand what their mm -hmm. experience has been in the past. Um, and then lastly, making sure that you, um, when it's freshing your mind, uh, looking at what you learned and planning for course correction for the next season. Got it. So my last question is something that I ask all of our guests because I think it's interesting to hear what people are running into in the field. Um, so either one of you can answer this one, but what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? Um, I mean, some of the trends that I see have been somewhat ongoing. So uh -huh. we are in the process of doing a client segmentation, both mm -hmm. in terms of how we're servicing our clients and the levels of service we want to provide for each of those clients, as well as to understand the cost structure related to those and, and how that may impact um, how we price future services. Um, the other thing that we're seeing, again, with our client base, and you know, education is a bit of a laggard in terms <laughs> of adoption, um, but there is, you know, customers are hungry for content, and we are beginning okay. in our field to do a lot of content marketing, which I know companies have been doing for several years now, but that's really yeah, a driver for us. But I think, you know, I don't, I don't know that people necessarily have thought about that in terms of clients. I think a lot of companies have invested a lot in getting prospects with content, but I don't know that a lot of companies have invested a lot so much for their clients. And I see that as a big trend right now to you. Yeah, that is, that's true. I mean, our, our head of marketing was very clear that they've done nothing with the existing population. And when yeah. I came on board, she was really intrigued and enthused with um, what we could begin to do if we actually marketed to our existing clients. Right. Um, so we now do have a resource that is product marketing. And again, because our product isn't in use by our clients, it's both looking at the, the product changes, but also how we communicate with our clients, educate our clients, and anticipate what their needs are going to be. So okay. it's been an interesting process to evolve that. Cool. Jack, thanks so much for sharing what you're thinking about the trends in the industry right now. I, I know a lot of people are interested in hearing that. And I wanted to thank both of you, um, Jack and Victorina, for um, joining me today and for your perspectives on onboarding best practices and also for your willingness to share some of the inside view of presence learning and what you guys have been working on specifically. So for any of our listeners who are interested in learning more about presence learning and the amazing work that they do with kids at schools across the U.S., you can visit their website at www.presencelearning.com. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. Finally, thanks for listening to this podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and feel free to share this podcast with your friends, and we hope you'll join us next time.